What up? This is Yinka Dez. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to do a quarterly report for the winter. So we're going to wrap up the months December of 2017, because we didn't really get to discuss that when we did our 2017 year wrap up. We'll also be discussing albums that came out in January and February of this year. But not only that, we're going to take this opportunity to pay a little bit of homage to some of the albums that came out in 1993 and 1998 that perhaps are not worth an entire episode, hmm. but are at least worth us mentioning. We can start it out just talking about December. And so if we go back to 1992, the only album that really came out that's worth mentioning was The Chronic, which we already did yeah. the, the tribute for. Exactly. Um, 1997, there wasn't really much there. I mean, there's right. some albums that came out, but nothing really worth discussing. So we could just jump into right into 2017. So right off the bat, we have Miguel's album coming out. Right. Did you give that album a listen to? I did give it a listen. I will say I, I really like Miguel. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably are going to talk a little bit more about Bruno Mars later in the, in the episode. But some of my criticisms of Bruno Mars has been like him kind of choosing a style that really just rehashes things that already exist. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the counterside of that coin is actually Miguel. Okay. Um, and I think even on this album, which isn't my favorite Miguel album. Do you have a favorite Miguel album? Yeah. Um, the, the joint that had Adorn. And, that's a, and that's a, it's a really good song. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I love that album. Yeah. And even the one after that, the EP version of it, where it's just like three songs. Mm-hmm. Love that. I think like Miguel is somebody who is willing to push culture. Mm-hmm. He's somebody who's willing to experiment. And so even when he creates something that's not my favorite piece of music, I feel him kind of trying to push the culture forward. And I really, really appreciate him as an artist for that. And I felt that way about this album. I'm not too well versed in his entire catalog, uh-huh. just because, like I said, like I clocked out of popular music for a long time. And I just uh-huh. recently started getting back into it last year. Mm-hmm. I knew some of the hits, but I didn't really go and digest all of his material. Uh-huh. But I listened to this mm-hmm. and I was really impressed. So if mm-hmm. you're telling me that his other work is even better, I, uh, yeah. I definitely need to go back and listen to that. Yeah, he's super talented. But one thing I will absolutely agree with you uh-huh. on is that like this album has like a palette. Like right. let's say a painter creates a series of paintings mm-hmm. and the painter uses specific tones, colors, like a palette, uh, maybe a certain medium. Yeah. And it's, you can all tell like, oh, this was a Picasso's mm-hmm. blue period or abstract period. Right, right. right. Like this album mm-hmm. is consistent in, mm-hmm. in how it sounds um, mm-hmm. and the production and the chords and the instrumentation that he uses. Yeah. And he's doing a lot of the production work on this album, which really oh, impressed right? me. Well, when I looked through the credits, like uh-huh. a lot of this stuff he was responsible for. Yeah. So I thought it was a good album. Um, mm-hmm. Right off the bat, that song Criminal, I mean, yeah. I've had that joint on repeat. So I really like the album. Um, and uh, he's coming to D.C. in the springtime. It's true. For the Broccoli City Festival, which That's we true. both have tickets. I know I had tickets for you. I don't have you? tickets, no. Oh, you need, okay. Nipsey yeah. Hussle's going to be there. I know, I know. And that's actually the reason why both, both Nipsey and Miguel are two of my favorite current artists. Right. Um, I just didn't pull the trigger. Um, oh, yo, them joints is like yeah, two, three hundred dollars now. They're bread and they're like <laughs> they're difficult to get. Can't buy like regular. You have to get it like off of Craigslist or yeah. some shit. So, but whatever. I mean, you know, I, I I either finagle the bagel and figure out how to get in there, or I don't. But um, I will also say this is a funny time period in music to where you have Bruno Mars, who we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. You have Miguel and you have Anderson Pac, right? So you have three like racially ambiguous, short singing ass 
creative ass, talented ass Negroes they out are, here they killing the game, yeah. right? Um, in three totally different ways, right? Yes, Anderson Pac is, is like kind of a weirdo, you know. Bruno Mars is like super poppy, yeah. And then you know you got like Miguel, who's more of like an R and B type, you know, but all killing it in their own ways. And I yeah. think that that's funny and kind of interesting. Um, I really really like Anderson Pac. Obviously, you I, too, I love right? Anderson Pac. Um, yeah. If he comes out with something this year, I'll be very excited. I haven't heard anything, uh-huh. so he, he probably doesn't. But if he yeah. does. But yeah. I put Miguel in that same vein. I would say Anderson Pac strikes me though more as like um, we, you know, you talk about like souls of mischief and how there's like that almost undercurrent of mm-hmm. of hip hop music where everybody was kind of doing one thing. Like hip hop was something that was like tough and you know hard and street. And then souls of mischief were also from LA or from uh, California. And they came with like their sound where they just kind of just did their own way of doing it. Yeah. That's kind of how I see Anderson Pac in terms of as a pop singer kind of thing. He seems like more inspired that way. The one thing I really like about Anderson Pac is just that I feel like he's one of the few artists that the old generations like him and the new generations like him, like the same. So, yeah, so he's real dope. But no, that's that's a very good point, though. Uh, Just going back to the initial one that you know three dudes all very racially ambiguous all killing it um we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later right so getting into the next one that i really dived into well um, i'm not sure if you got a chance to listen to it but Mm -hmm. i've mentioned this album on the podcast numerous times but scarface deeply rooted the lost files did you get a chance to listen to this i think i put you on to it at the end of last year yeah Yeah. but but i can't say i've listened to it more many more times since then so man i put it on (laughs) and i i loved it from the get i think it only has like 10 tracks there's only one on there the song called rebound where he's talking about like he's talking with a woman he's like i don't want to be a rebound whatever that's the only song that doesn't really fit on the album for me okay i think that this album i I didn't look Mm -hmm. into the credits too much Mm -hmm. i think it was probably recorded over a series of times and he just kind of put everything together yeah but let me tell you like if y'all think that kendrick lamar is black as fuck this dude (laughs) scarface reminded everyone that he's black as fuck like right out the jump right this track's still black. I mean, he's just like, yo, fuck everybody who's yeah. not about black people. Like, and you know what's, what's weird about it is Ice Cube is someone else who came from that yeah, platform yeah. Uh, early on. He still kind of tries to make music like that, but it doesn't mm-hmm. connect for me at least. Like, I like, I, like I, I don't feel it. And I think, you know, on the episode that we always talk about, but nobody's ever heard before, Panama talked about how, right. <laughs> how Ice Cube is like somebody that kind of needs a boogeyman. Yes, yes, And yes. I think like maybe that's the reason why it doesn't connect. But I hear Ice Cube say this black as fuck shit and it just doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me. But yeah, Scarface, it's, it's, it still feels super authentic. Well, and I think that to contrast Scarface to, to Ice Cube, like right. there's a lot of people who know even black music or pop music probably aren't too familiar with Scarface. Right. Everybody knows Ice Cube. He's on TV yeah, with Are We There Yet in the Barbershop, right? right, right. So it's kind of hard to, it's kind of like a hard sell. It's almost like when I go back and listen to Ice T, mm-hmm. I don't buy him being a cop killer because he's, he's on a cop TV. On everything he's on a detective, TV. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's like, wait, yeah. you're a cop killer too? But uh, but Scarface, though, uh, I think he does a very good job of staying grounded and just like you, you just buy yeah. it coming from him. Yeah, it um, sounds authentic. It sounds, it does. Yeah. It really does. And the, one of the things I like about him is that even though he doesn't have a lot of like crazy wordplay, mm-hmm. doesn't use a lot of you know analogies and a lot of like the poetic things that Biggie mm-hmm. does, mm-hmm. he still 
has a lot of clever bars and he mm. does the most with simple techniques yeah yeah you know th there's very few rappers it's almost like it's almost like what jizza tries to do mm. except jizza goes over your head <laughs> yeah and doesn't sound as good as scarface yeah so i really like that album so if you're yeah. a scarface fan uh, yeah. and you like to see the ogs come out with new material yeah. if you haven't had a chance to listen to this we, Again, it's deeply we, rooted the Lost Files. So we haven't done a salute me or shoot me for a long time, but uh, one of my salute me or shoot me's was and still is, Scarface to me has the deepest catalog for someone who's never made a bad album. Um, okay. I mean, if you go back and you look at his entire discography, the man has a ton of albums. Like we mm -hmm. we talk a lot about how some folks that are in the generation before us consider LL to be one of the greatest. Yeah. You know, their biggest argument is longevity, depth of catalog. He has mm -hmm. a lot of music and he was very popular for a very long time. Right. Scarface also has a really long catalog. He's been making music for since the 80s, yeah. right? But he's never made a bad project, in my opinion. And I definitely can't say that about LL. <laughs> right. But um, right, right, I can't right. say that about pretty much almost any of the artists that have deep catalogs. You even look at your Jay-Zs, yeah, you look at your DMXs, yeah. you know, they got they got some clunkers in there. Yeah. Uh, but Even but my Scarface. favorites, even the group yeah. I always talk about. I don't even yeah. say the name. Y'all know who I'm talking about. They got some <laughs> clunkers in there. Right, right. So so that's very difficult to do, I think, to, to be relevant for that long. I hate the word relevant, but be relevant for that long and yeah. continue to put out high quality music. That's a lot. So shout, yeah. shout out to Scarface. And, and that's the other thing, just real quick to, to cap it off with the Scarface. Mm -hmm. Even though it's like a it's like a throwback but it's not it doesn't yeah. this project does not sound dated to me yeah. like it still sounds fresh and but he's still giving you the old quintessential scarface that you love so uh, -huh. uh so the next one <laughs> a big one <laughs> at least a big name that we have to talk about is this eminem revival project now you uh, listen to this right yeah <sighs> it's so bad it is bad so so <laughs> it's terrible dog. so i was driving down to north carolina to spend the holidays with my brother's family and this is one of the albums that i listened to on the way down there and i man i was so exhausted by the end of this yeah. i only listened to it one time and i don't have the mental capacity the energy the stamina the endurance to go back and listen to this again it was tough it's so bad i i definitely would not be able to listen to an album like that in one sitting so if you did that yes, like, kudos did. to you that's hard work it was um, hard work but <laughs> even the songs that aren't that bad like okay so he came out with this remix of chloroseptic and i think we talked about that on the, on the year end we might have do you even know what song chloroseptic is look i've i remember my feelings about the album uh, not necessarily the songs the only okay. song that i know is the one that was like the rock star one where he's like white boy mm. white boy mm. you're a rock star like that's the only one that i can mm. kind of like remember so he's got this song and it's with this dude named fresher who who's who's out now and he's kind of i guess coming up or whatever but okay. the hook is like I'm in your mouth like chloroseptic or some shit like that and okay. just yeah it's that some eminem shit so he came out with a remix um later maybe january or february of this year right um with two chains on it okay so two chains raps eminem. first eminem mm -hmm. two chains raps first and then eminem raps like 48 bars <sighs> right but the, the 48 bars are good goodish bar like if you're if you like that kind of okay. you know the the super lyrical eminem he gives you that and half of the verse is like just him saying fuck you to everybody who said his album was bad so he's like y'all said my album was bad but all you did was look at the features and then you you saw the features list and before the album ever came out you already trashed it you guys don't know music whatever whatever that's like half the verse is about that and people are like oh yeah you know eminem came back to show us that he could really rap okay let me say this 
Nobody ever said Eminem couldn't rap. I never said that. Neither of us have ever said that, right? (laughs) This shit is just objectively bad music. It has nothing to do with Eminem being a good or bad rapper. It's not a good album. It's not a good piece of music. Um, The Chloroseptic remix was a perfect illustration of why it was so bad. Mm -hmm. Because Eminem rapped 48 bars. The 48 bars were, were dope bars. Like, if we heard them in the context of, like, people keep talking about this Royce the 5'9 freestyle or the Black Thought freestyle that we talked about, if we just heard the bars by themselves, maybe on a radio freestyle or over no beat, acapella, whatever, mm-hmm. we'd be like, oh, those are, those are pretty good bars. Right. Two Chains came on the song and rapped how you're supposed to rap on that song. Like, right. this song isn't for, like, so you, you, you put on a dirty South trap beat. Yeah. The shit's got, like, nothing but just hi hats and 808. And yeah. you're telling me lyrical, miracle, spiritual, cryptotherical. I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to hear this shit. Right? My eyes Meanwhile, right Two Chains is on the joint, just doing what Two Chains we'll does, do, we'll do and does. the song sounds like if you would have taken that Eminem shit off of it and put another Two Chains verse on it, mm-hmm. you could have put that shit out as a single, and it would have been a hit single. Right. So I mean, I think that's just what it is, and 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 this is this is a tough thing about our culture, right? Hip hop culture. We just talked about how Scarface made an album that sounded fresh and refreshing to For us. For me, it did it right. It's a young man's game, right? Yeah. Everybody's trying to figure out how to get in, and so Eminem is somebody who's a wildly popular and successful artist. He's trying to make music that is also going to be successful for now. So we get Eminem, who's essentially a radio freestyle punchline rapper, mm-hmm. trying to rap over trap beats. And then trying to be lyrical to show people that he can still rap. And it's just a lot of things married that don't really make sense. I agree, yeah, with most of that. In fact, I agree 100%. I want to add a little bit to that. Mm -hmm. That I think that one of the problems for Eminem is that he's actually... You know, he comes from that previous generation. But he's managed to stay relevant to music without being relevant to black music right Mm. like he's still a pop sensation to a lot of people who i don't listen to that music right Right. and i think what he tried to do with this Mm -hmm. was to remind the real hip-hop listeners that he still has it but i don't think he did it well like you don't need to do the trap thing Uh um and then the other thing too if we're just going to talk about the content of the album yeah he comes out with this track with like beyonce Mm -hmm. and he was trying to somehow oh say that like walk on water yeah, yeah. and you know they wanted me to be this and i'm just a man and right. uh, you know i'm, I'm so and then he's got this other track like being sorry for the things he said about his mom and about his the Kim. mother of his of his daughter yeah, yeah. but then he has other tracks that are really <laughs> problematic right. it's like yo this was acceptable quote unquote uh-huh. acceptable back in the 90s right. when we didn't fully recognize like mm-hmm. problematic rap for right, what it was right, right. this is 2018 uh-huh. That shit's problematic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like back then yeah. you can kind of get a pass because you didn't know any better. You fucking know better now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this shit's a problem. It's just, it, it, it's all over the place. The album's all over the place. Yeah. It's not good. It's not um, good. The, 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 <laughs> the reason people came for him initially, and this is what he was talking about on that chloroseptic song, which by the way, don't make a song called chloroseptic. <laughs> don't make a hook that says I'm in your mouth like chloroseptic. Like, no, this is just bad just by definition. But anyway, on the chloroseptic song, he talks about how people were getting at him because they looked at the track list and the track list is literally featuring Beyonce, featuring Rihanna, yeah. featuring Pink, mm-hmm. featuring. And it's like, OK, you are somebody oh, yeah, who's built right. an people entire career off of dissing pop icons. Like, like literally right. every this single single right, was right, 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 right. just pop icons. Then you make an album that's showing us that you're real and yeah. every track features a pop icon. And it's like, okay, so which one is it? I do think that that kind of runs counter to the Slim Shady brand, if there's a Slim Shady brand. But I think 
for Eminem, if you want to like show us that you can rap, th- you you kind of made this criticism of Blueprint too when we talked about it, okay. right? If you're Jay Z or you're DMX or you're Eminem, you have the power to move the culture. Yes, you have the power to bring the culture to you. So just make something good that you like. You don't, don't have to rap on that, trap though. beats. If Eminem were to get with Dre and make a record like the Marshall Mathers LP, where like it's like rooted, well, it's got break beats, it features D12, it's you know really, really just dope hip hoppy hip hop like yeah. beats, and Eminem rapping about shit that he actually cares about, which I don't even think I know what he cares about. Yeah, like I, I hear the album and it it doesn't sound like a it sounds like a Rihanna album for rap. I think there's two problems with that. One is that as an audience, mm-hmm. we're over the things he was talking about on yeah. the Slim Shady LP and right, the Marshall right. LP. Like we're over that. Because we're not 15 anymore. Right. So <laughs> for him to talk about things that he was passionate about, like those were things that he was yeah, passionate about. I think yeah, we're over that. The other thing too yeah. is that the problem with Eminem has never been his lyricism. It's right. never been his skills. Right. Right. It's never even been his voice or his presentation. Mm. It's always been his music. Mm. The reason why I can't put him among my elite MCs, mm-hmm. right? It's because those elite MCs also make good music. Do you think that Eminem understands music? No. I don't yeah. think he does. And I think it that like it's surprising that he doesn't. Yeah. Right? Because look, this is a dude who came from the battle rap era right. when it meant something different. Right, right. And I'm not saying that cats nowadays don't have to grind, like, you mm. know, I'm not trying to knock that, but like yeah. it just meant something different than, yeah, yeah. than it means now. Like yeah. it was less theatrical then. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was you know, you had that it was bars. Right skills flow all that stuff like right. he came from that and he had to grind it out mm-hmm. dre found him and they had to try to mold him mm-hmm. to do something that would be appealing yeah. uh, but i don't think he's truly understands music like yeah. I, I don't think i've ever really heard you know maybe the marshall mathers lp that's the mm-hmm. second one right yeah that's good yeah right but yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think the. I think, I think he might not old, understand music. Not by himself. Like yeah, I, the, yeah, yeah. you know, it's Kendrick, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, fuck anything I have to say about him lyrically. The dude mm-hmm. understands music. Yeah, he does work with collaborators, but he has a clear vision about what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I think Eminem has always had to work with someone who can kind of usher him along. Yeah, right. Like you know, Michael Jackson may have been collaborating with Quincy Jones, but Michael yeah. Michael Jackson understood music. Yeah, you know, I, over I don't think time it seems did. it seems I've been less and less interested in Eminem albums. Yeah, and as I've looked at the credits, he started to produce more and more of his own music. Yeah, that's one thing I don't understand. Like Why yeah. does he have a beat on Black album? I don't. You, Eminem has never impressed me as a producer. Yeah, but that's a good question. Um. Anyway. Yeah. The next one that I wanted to talk about, though, if we're going to talk about producers, mm-hmm. is this nerd album, No One Ever Really Dies. Okay. I did not like it the very first time I listened to it. I mm-hmm. think I was distracted. But the next time I went back to listen to it, I mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed it. I think I skimmed it. Did um, you? And, I, and I'll be honest with you. I, I probably should listen to it again if Chad was involved. I think um, he was involved. I, I just in feel like a lot of what Pharrell makes by himself production wise it's like elevator music to me like it doesn't it doesn't have soul like it's like that's that's fair yeah it's like i get it it's cool i understand why it's popular but it doesn't move me well the reason why i like this one is because i don't think the album really drags at any points and Mm -hmm. it's almost like the miguel album in the sense is like it has a palette Mm -hmm. right like it is a cohesive project and it definitely i can hear what you're saying about like it might lack soul and i get that but to me 
it's still a complete work. Mm-hmm. I understand what he was trying to do. Like the yeah. track with Gucci Man and Wale, yeah. that voila. Like I, I don't even love remember. that track. But, but what I do remember because it's everywhere, uh, st- even still, I guess now there's a remix with Drake on it, but the Lemon song. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. the Lemon song is a, is a perfect example, right? Um, it's on not paper, the strongest opener. On paper, it's it's a hit like like it's yeah. like how, how could this not be a hit right yeah. um but i mean it, it like what did it really add to music you know besides us getting to hear rihanna rap some lyrics that somebody else wrote i don't i don't really see how that contributes anything to music that's fair it's not one of the tracks that i go back and revisit a lot yeah. the ones i really like like i said the voila and uh, i think rolling them sevens with uh with andre the i think he's got two kendrick tracks on there oh that's I'm, true right there there is supposed like to be some album. andre and stuff on it I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go back and check it out i will withhold my judgment on that <laughs> album until i really give it because i don't even remember hearing new andre so that i must have really skimmed this shit if i even listened to it all right so just real quick to wrap up december we don't need necessarily need to discuss these albums i just mm. want to go through a list of albums that i that i did listen to okay i listened to chief keith dedication oh why yo because it was a name that i had heard somewhere and i was like <laughs> oh let me listen to this so i don't judge okay i was pretty much had to skip through it <laughs> but i did skip through it i did listen to juicy j's rubber band business How was that? uh wasn't amazing, but it had some tracks on it that okay. I was actually like really, really bouncing to. Um, it actually had a few. I also listened to the Jeezy album, Pressure. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not too familiar with all of his catalog, mm-hmm. but from what I do know of Jeezy, if you listen to one Jeezy album, you kind of listen to them all. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I, that's the sense I got from this. Mm-hmm. I also did listen to. <laughs> that, the, that was, uh, that was, those are your only thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I also listened to the um, the Metro Boomin joint with. With Sean? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I didn't necessarily like that album. It but was then, like critically panned. Like people so hated that. The joke. only track I did like <laughs> was the track Bit Business with uh uh-huh. with Two Chains because uh-huh. I happen to really like, like Two, two Chains verse. Yeah. On that track the Two Chains verse is dope. Yeah. Then I also listened to uh Gucci Man's joint and the uh, Hancho Jack. They were just whatever. Yeah. That should wrap it up for December. When did uh the Migos drop? Migos is January. That's okay. next month. Okay. Okay. Um so in fact we should probably get into that next month right now. Cool. Okay, so again, for January, there's not much to really talk about for 1993. Yeah. 1998, there was the Locks album. If you haven't listened to it yet, we did a, a Make It a Classic for Money, Power, and Respect. Yep. So that's pretty much it, though. But yeah, in terms of January 1993, 1998, there's not much there that's really worth discussing. So you mentioned it before. We could just start talking about it right now, the, yeah. uh, the culture, too. Right. I don't even think I skimmed through all the tracks. Like, I probably okay. skimmed through a few of them. I know Stir Fry is popular right now. Pretty much all the critics said that there was just too much shit there and it wasn't, there, it, there wasn't really that much to take away. I have a, a solid understanding of my palate. And mm-hmm. I know that I don't care enough about the Migos to listen to 25 tracks of Migos. So I, I didn't. Okay. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? So I have to say that I am officially a Migos fan. Now, let me put some caveats on that, right? Mm. I'm not going to put him in the same category as like traditional hip hop artists. For me, the Migos are black pop music, mm-hmm. right? No, no, not pop music in the same way that Miguel might be or Bruno Mars or, or Usher. Like mm-hmm. not that kind of pop. But to me, Migos is pop music. Yeah. And from that perspective, like 
I fuck with the Migos, right? Mm. So and you listen to all 25? I did. Now, I didn't like the whole thing. Now, I mm. actually think that as far as trap music is concerned, this uh-huh. mumble rap thing is concerned, yeah. I think that if you shaved it down to like 11 or 12 tracks, as we always say, like right. whenever we do Make It A Classics, that's like the number one thing, like mm-hmm. cut it down to 11 or 12 tracks. If you do that, I actually think there's quite a few joints on here that I yeah. like, like the Made Man joint, Narcos. Yeah, obviously the Stir Fry joint. Actually, that's probably my favorite track out right now, the Stir Fry. Mm. And there's quite a few other ones on here that I happen to like. So, so, so with that being said, right, two questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number one, because you, you're, you're a fan. So question number one, do you think you'll be listening to this album or those songs in five years? It depends, right? If mm. I am DJing a party and I want to like put some throwback track song from five years previously, mm-hmm. sure, I'll put a few of these So on. I'm not saying this from a judgmental perspective. Sure. I'm trying to understand. So you as a DJ, right? Do you think that you in five years, because you said you might throw some of those tracks on, do you think that you would throw those songs on rather than a bad and bougie or a t-shirt? Do you well, think those songs are as strong as some of the previous songs in their catalog that you might play at a party. It depends, right? It depends mm-hmm. on what the reception of them is, right? So obviously mm-hmm. T-Shirt and Bad and Bougie, those songs are huge. carried throughout the entire right. year. And we'll probably still be playing right. them like later on as DJs, right? I mean, I think for me, oftentimes when I'm mixing this music, I don't play the whole song anyway. I only play mm-hmm. like 15 to 30 seconds, maybe even like a minute if it's dope. Stir mm-hmm. Fry, I could see myself playing the whole shit because yeah. I like it. But like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mix in Stir Fry with the trap. I've mixed in yeah. Stir Fry with like Blow the Whistle and yeah. the Drake's joint fuck for free, right? Like so, the, I would throw it in with that because it works tempo wise. So then additionally, you said that you probably would you probably wouldn't listen to it in five years, but you might no. play it, right? Yeah. Um is that okay? I mean, look, like I said, I'm not putting it in the same yeah. category yeah. of some of these other hip hop musicians I'm the, talking the about. The reason I'm asking if if is that okay, right? Is because early on the first episode we talked about the song that samples Crime Mob song. Oh yeah, What's the, a, um, Juju on that beat. Yeah, Juju on that beat. And another song I can think of just off the top of my head is like a Lemonade by Gucci Man, right? Yes. T- today, yes. if I was DJing a party, I might I might play Lemonade. Yes. But I, I would song. say myself and many of us were fairly critical of a Gucci Man when Gucci Man really first blew up and stuff like that, right? Well, I'm not sure if I was, but but, okay. but some of those records to to this very day they've in their own ways withstood the test of time. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, do you feel as though like this project? in that same way will withstand the test of time. It sounds like you're saying stir fry at least, you think. Stir fry will for will. me. For me personally, I do like Narcos, Made Man, uh, also yeah. the two player track with uh, 2 Chainz. I really like that. Will it stand the test of time? I have no idea. I'm also mm-hmm. not sure if I care. I don't mm-hmm. want that to diminish your argument though. I think it's a mm-hmm. very valid question. Yeah. I think for me personally, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it really matters just because mm-hmm. this is one of those things where it's just like, look, it's just kind of like a moment music yeah and this is a moment that i don't mind enjoying that's what so, i'm saying are we yeah. are we cool with that right because i think for me it's always been if something can withstand the test of time mm-hmm. that is the make or break in terms of whether it was actually good right sure sure, um, sure, sure. and so it's almost it, it's an attention economy right yeah. so it's like can this keep your attention okay how long is it going to keep your attention it's almost like we have to move the goalposts like yeah, what is maybe. what is good in an attention economy well we you, know? you and i have had that discussion several times right. um you know, I'm not really sure if I have a response to that other mm-hmm. than I know that Migos is going to be at that concert, Broccoli City Festival. Oh, are they? Yes. They are going to be, I want to say that they're the headliners. Like they're That the must ones be who are why, it why it's the tickets are so expensive. And I, when Migos comes on, I'm going to enjoy that. Now, mm-hmm. if I don't enjoy Migos in five years, whatever, like... 
I, I, I I'm personally, not married to the Migos. I personally think that you will enjoy Migos in five years, and I think we all will. Me personally, think, or all of us? I think I think Migos has done enough to okay. where they they're solidified. I think Bad and Bougie will be played in ten years at a party, right. and I I'm not mad at it. You okay. know what I mean? I, I I personally I think that there's there's Fly by Night music. And there's Migos. Yeah. I think Migos has stood the test of time. And another one that actually surprises me, Ray Shremmerd will also stand the test of time. I think, I think they have a legal. couple. I'm not, about, I'm not sure about the entire I, group, But I think but they have a legal. couple of records. Just in their, their already existing catalog, I think they mm-hmm. have a couple of records that people will still play in five, ten years. I got you. And, and I respect it. You know, It is what it is. And so now we can go on to February. And we can actually take this one back to 1993 because there are a couple of albums that I think are worth mentioning. One is Diggable Planets Reaching a New Reputation of Time and Space. Right. I'm not sure if you just That's the that. one that has Cool, like, cool yeah. like That on it? Yeah, that's the one that has Cool Like That. It also won a Grammy, for, I want to yeah. say for like Best R&B Album. And I actually went back to go and listen to this album mm-hmm. recently again. Um, what did you think? It was cool. It was cool like that. I think, no, it, I think that's how I felt too. I, I, yeah. It's been a while, but I went back and actually, I think I like Blowout Comb better. Okay. And I, I feel the same way. I feel like it was, timing is a motherfucker sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think the timing was just perfect. If you go back to the year that that happened, yes. I think it won over some huge records. Like yeah. I think it won over like Slam by Onyx right. and like uh, some other huge record. It might've been a Snoop joint or something but people were judging that based off of yeah. what they heard prior to yeah you know and i think that it was you know, just they, so different yeah they never really did anything after that but no they, they had another album okay yeah but i mean yeah. was it big though no they never right. they never did anything big again yeah. but i think it was like one of those situations kind of like a fuji's where like one of the, the guys and the girl dated oh is that what it was and then they broke up and okay. like they fell out i think that was what kind of broke up the group but i think last year they went on tour Oh, did they? Yeah, it was like last year or 16. They got back together and went on tour. One of the things I do like about Digable Planets, and uh, particularly mm-hmm. this album, is that I feel like it's kind of like a throwback to Just Got Heron and The Last mm-hmm, Poets. Mm-hmm, Not mm-hmm. necessarily in terms of their delivery, because I think that you know those groups are entirely different in terms right. of how they delivered their lyrics. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the spoken word style, right. That's kind of what I hear when I go back and, and listen if you, to if you ever if you've ever seen that video, they also play that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's like kind of their image. And that, that was dope. And I think a lot of like the spoken word artists that we've heard for the last 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. you can kind of hear the diggable planets in that sound as well mm-hmm. um so that's mm-hmm. just something that i kind of dig like you yeah. know the whole was it uh blues for nina i could be totally off with uh-huh. this was this around the time that deaf poetry jam got big as well oh because that maybe where, where most deaf hosted yeah and like most deaf that hosted was and stuff or was late that late 90s early 2000s okay because yeah. I, I was wondering if maybe that all there was an influence there anyway so the other big one in february is tupac's yeah strictly for my niggas yeah that's one that we should definitely talk about, I think. No? Yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite. It's not uh, my favorite Pac either, album, which is why I don't think it yeah. deserves an entire tribute. But yeah. obviously, it has one of my favorite Tupac songs on here, which is Keep Your Head Up. Right. I love that track. Yeah, great song. The funny thing about it, though, is uh, Keep Your Head Up is also on the same album as I uh, Get Around. Um, <laughs> Which is another one of my favorite Tupac songs as well. It's just that the contrast in those those two uh, those two sounds. I think just... one of the things that made Tupac so authentic though is that that contrast exists in everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think I think one of the sad things about us as consumers is, and, and maybe maybe it's not even just us as consumers. Maybe it's the marketing departments of these record labels, but they cr- try to create single faceted art 
so that you can consume it easier. You know, yeah, so you're like, oh, this guy, gangster rapper, this guy, conscious. If you go back to uh, like Water for Chocolate, Common's album, I don't know if you remember, but there's a skit. He's walking down the street and this lady who's like, like a news reporter and she interviews him. Do you remember this? Vaguely. And he's like, she's walking down the street. 10 years since I heard that. He's walking down the street and this lady's like, yeah, um, Common, you know, it's so good, you know, to see you or whatever. I just want to do something about it. And and he he starts, so he's like, like, yeah, you know, (laughs) about how you uplift the sisters. And he's like, yeah, you know, you got to uplift the, wait, you got my money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, you know, he's like being a pimp. (laughs) But I think like that kind of dichotomy is like hilarious to exploit in that way because he definitely blew it up uh, for that skit. But everybody's conflicted in some ways. I think I think people got on Pac a little too hard for that. If we're done with that, um, mm-hmm. we can get into 2018. 1998 didn't really have much for February. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2018, we've got Justin Timberlake's Man of the Woods. So, I mean, I, first of all, I didn't listen to the whole album, so I can't I really didn't. speak all that much about it. So what, what were your thoughts on the album? So my thoughts were kind of tainted going in because mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake has been canceled, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he should have been canceled a long time ago. A long ago. time ago, so, right? I don't know if yeah, I'm the right person to have that conversation. So... I actually enjoyed this album more than I thought I would. There's some uh-huh. songs on here that I do not like. There's yeah. a, a handful of tracks that I don't like. Mm-hmm. But the songs that I did like, I found myself enjoying. Like Filthy, I found myself enjoying. Yo, like all that. I know is, I think it was like the first track. He has a line that's like, let me put my purple in your pink or some shit oh, did like he say that. that? I, I mean, wasn't going to listen to the lyrics. The I was just like kind of grooving to it. But, but yeah, like you said, I went into it in a tainted way because everybody was like, yo, Justin Timberlake's trying to be folksy now fuck him he's canceled and then i listened to a couple of songs and i was like this isn't bad it's not like, that bad and it pretty, wasn't there was only a few folksy tracks on there yeah you know the neptunes were the primary producers on this timberland okay. has some joints on it too yeah yeah there were some joints on here that i was kind of grooving to but mm. that's as i'm not trying to applaud justin timberlake i'm yeah. just saying like you know i've taken issue with justin for a while mm-hmm. the way he turned his back on janet and jackson janet, in yeah. that situation was really tough for me and all the opportunities that he had to walk it back i didn't really see it and then additionally you know i mean you look at the episode of punked where they did this whole thing where basically he was having his house repossessed he comes home and like there's all these boxes out front of his house and there's these trucks and they're loading all his shit in the truck and he's like what are you doing you know and they're like oh yeah you you missed one of the payments you know in your house or whatever and he had this one guitar that i guess was like his big collector's item it's like Mm -hmm. super expensive guitar and so the guy they cloned it they, they made like a oh, fake version okay. of it and so the guy's like loading the like the the truck up and he's like knocking this guitar <laughs> against like walls and shit it's falling apart and justin timberlake looks like he's about to cry and he calls his mom and he's like he's like mom like they're taking everything you know it's just oh, really that's funny not because was, that's not how i was expecting him to react because i thought like, he like you know throw some hands no and that's the that was the funny thing because at the time you know Everybody's like, oh, Justin Timberlake, he's he's invited to the cookout. He's he's a brother, blah, blah, blah. Yo, he did not react that way at all in this <laughs> in this scenario. But um, I just always felt about your Miley Cyruses, your Justin Timberlakes, your people who come into our culture and take and take and take and they don't give anything back. When right. when there's issues to be spoken on with police brutality, people getting killed over a cigarette, these people are noticeably absent. But they're there at all the black awards shows to collect their awards. Mm-hmm. They're there to go and collaborate with Timbaland on a whole album and get choreography from black choreographers. They're there to collect all the checks. 
but they're not there when it's time to really be on some black shit. I think Justin Timberlake is one of the biggest culprits of this in, in the music industry, and I've always felt that way. So for people to now be like canceling him because he decides he wants to be white, it's not like he did it in the Miley Cyrus way. Right. He just said he wanted to make a different genre of music and he put a flannel shirt on. He yeah. didn't say like he didn't say like, okay, you know, black music is terrible the way Miley Cyrus did. You know, um, all they want to talk about is shaking their asses and hoes, and I want to be about something better. That I take real fucking issue with. Mm -hmm. Putting a flannel shirt on and making country music that doesn't really bother me that much. So Yinka hinted at this at the top of the episode uh, that we will talk about it later, but mm -hmm. we might as well just talk about it now. Okay. There was that conversation going on uh, amongst certain circles mm -hmm. that folks were trying to cancel or at least label Bruno Mars as a cultural right. appropriator, right. which I don't want to throw any shade to the woman's argument because mm -hmm. supposedly she was speaking all facts. <laughs> I don't think that facts he together. Did, he did the air quotes. Y'all didn't see it, but he's doing all facts. I don't think facts quotes. themselves make a compelling argument. Uh -huh. And the idea that you would label Bruno Mars as a cultural appropriator. Look, mm -hmm. I, I get that if you want to say that he's not very creative, right. that's fine. That is mm -hmm. absolutely fine. But like, if I'm not mistaken, he celebrates black musicians and pays homage to the people who came before him. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that when you have everything you just said about Justin Timberlake right. and Miley Cyrus, and we can throw in the Jenners mm -hmm. and there and the Kardashians and Iggy Azalea and the actual cultural yeah, right. appropriators. Right. To throw Bruno Mars into that labeling is kind mm -hmm. of like doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, and this goes to something that you kind of were saying off camera or whatever prior to us press and record, which is I think we are in a place where people just like to drag other people, right. right? And I guess I fall somewhere in between on the spectrum. Some people are like, there's no fucking way. And right. there's some people that are like, oh, he's definitely a culture vulture and culture appropriator. I think that there's a discussion to be had that doesn't drag Bruno Mars, right? right? White people and popular mainstream culture enjoys black culture in a safe space yes they enjoy black music and black culture being given to you by non-black bodies and that's why eminem is so or, popular or non, and non that's why black yeah people. or non-threat like your drakes or your you city Poitiers um, or your barack obama's <laughs> you, you know so i mean and, and that doesn't have to be bruno mars's fault right right like just because bruno mars happens to be the non-black body that they're lining up to pay their money for you have people who are actually Elvising, like Elvis yes. himself, yes. that are not saying, oh, I, I really want to celebrate this person, or I was really influenced by this person, right. or whatever. And I think Bruno is actually one of the people out yes. here advocating for his influences. And so we have to recognize that. And we can't just say, oh, but he's not black. So, I mean, it's not like he's saying nigga on all his records. Like, I just like, don't understand what the, the vitriol is for him. The, the other thing about it too was that that music was already popular before. Right. So first of all, if we're going to do a timeline of Bruno Mars, mm -hmm. Bruno Mars performed at halftime in the Super Bowl before he ever did Uptown Funk. Mm -hmm. Like, are we talking about his early stuff, his actual pop records? Is that yeah. cultural appropriate? I think, I think that's part of their argument, right? Is you listen to early Bruno and early Bruno don't sound nothing like now, right? But early Bruno He's got him at halftime at the Super Bowl. But no, I think I no, think the, he was I at halftime at the Super Bowl. I think Uptime Funk was no, the it was performed not. I, on, che on. I checked. So what did he perform? Are you so, talking about the one with Beyonce? Or are you talking about another so, Super Bowl performance? Unless I am wildly mistaken, 
when I checked the timeline, he performed mm-hmm. halftime of Super Bowl February 2014. Uptown Funk didn't come out until November 2014. I think he did it on, on in that joint because I mean it's it's did the he? perfect song for that. And I think and I think that was the joint where it was him and Beyonce. Right. Yeah, and I think he performed it. Okay, fine. Either way, because I think I remember hearing about Trinidad James getting a bunch of checks as a result of that. Because yeah, you know, that, that they, was, I thought that was afterwards. Uh, you might be right. Yeah, I, you might yeah, be right. So maybe, fine. so maybe my timing is off. Okay. Yeah. Either way, though, that's not even Bruno Mars' song. It's Mark Ronson's song, right? I didn't know. It's it's yes. Bruno Mars is a featured artist on that track. I didn't know that. Wow. And the thing is, is that well, I remember when I heard Uptown Funk for the very first time. What went through my mind was like, it's Saturday morning. 1996 um up watching bet and there's some live concert on and no one in the audience is under the age of 40 (laughs) and they're playing some funk music reminiscent of james brown and all that other stuff from the 70s like when i heard uptown funk that's what i thought of Mm -hmm. and i was like y'all like this yeah because i remember 20 years ago like no one wanted to hear this Mm -hmm. and so it's hard for me to be really critical of an artist who takes something that either went away or that mm-hmm. you know some years ago people didn't even want to hear it mm-hmm. he packages it and now you want to listen to it you want to say he's a cultural appropriator it's just like yeah but your ears didn't want that I 10 think, 20 years ago i think there are two conversations there because if i remember correctly the girl also accuses him of being a karaoke artist I would like for people to explore that separately from him being a culture vulture. I think they can be mutually exclusive. Like, I think he can be karaoke and still not be a cultural. That's you know what I think that's fair. And, you know, and you know, calling him a karaoke <laughs> singer is definitely harsh. That being said, though, yeah. like Bruno Mars is a wedding DJ's best friend. Right? Like, yo, you put right. on any Bruno Mars joint, and it's it, a wrap. It's a wrap. You might be just put the whole album. Exactly. On. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. Uh, you, you know. <laughs> When you have an artist like Justin Timberlake, who's done some of the problematic things that he's done, mm-hmm. and then to drag Bruno Mars into that, it's just yeah. like, why are we doing this? Right. Why? Right. You know, just. Okay. But, but yeah. like you said, let's be honest about the fact that he's not particularly creative, yeah. um, at least in terms of the music that he's bringing forth. But yeah. I mean, hey, if we like it and he's paying, paying respect, paying homage, like I don't really see a problem with that. Right. So. Um, I was actually I was going back and I I, it's funny because I've again kind of missed the Bruno Mars moment I left it alone but um I think this song's called like Walked Out of Heaven or something like that. He's got yeah. like a record. That, uh, that shit is hard. Yeah. Which is that a straight shit is so which, hard. which is a straight rip off of everything the sting and the police were doing right. in the eighties. But right. I love right. that song. But it's still hard. Yeah. yeah. I love the guitar riffs on that. But yeah. um, again, like a just a wildly talented dude. We have to talk a little bit more about do you have to push the culture forward to be good? Because I think that's really what it is. I think I consider DJ Quick a genius. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorite producers ever. One of the most profound things I've ever heard DJ Quick say is he was doing an interview for his DVD and the guy asked him like, how do you make a hit? First, he asked him like, do you know when you make a hit or is it just you're just like making something and then a hit pops out? And he said, I think for 99% of people, you don't know when you make a hit, you just you just make something and then, you know. He's like, there's very few people that go in intentionally and know they've made a hit. He's like, Dr. Dre can know that he's making yeah. a hit. He was like, Snoop Dogg is one of the few rappers I know of that know when they make a hit, they can just make one and know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, but with the exception of, and he named like four people, he was like, everybody else, like you, you just make something. One of the things that he said was, the guy said, how do you make a hit? And he said, the way you make a hit is to create something 
that everybody something that's brand new but it makes people feel like it's always been there right and like i was just like that's like so profound like he was just like you know it feels familiar to you yeah but at the same time it's something brand new that they haven't had before and Mm -hmm. I, i mean that's kind of like what, <laughs> what Bruno Mars's music is, right? Like it's just like in some sense. It's like yeah, well, it, I mean, it's kind of the opposite and yeah. the same thing, you know. Uh, but it I, feels yeah. fresh. It feels fresh, but at the same time, like it's a clear throwback, you know. Especially the joint with Cardi B, the mm-hmm. uh, the finesse, mm-hmm. um, which I, I'm not even a big fan of that song, except mm-hmm. for the hook. Mm-hmm. I do like the lyrics on the hook. I'm dripping yeah. with finesse. Mm-hmm. I should have said, yeah. A, a lot of that stuff is just like a clear it's throwback to. Uh, but but like you know, one of the things of that's popular today, um, and and you know, being a, a Cali guy, like somebody who really loves Cali music, like it's in some ways saddening, but some ways interesting. But um just refreshing and recycling records from the mid 90s and mm-hmm. then just putting them back out um i've had recent debates discussions um you know ola's loves ty dollar sign x girl or something is what it's called it's only you by 112 uh-huh. they just took that beat and put a little bit of of trap trap hi-hat on it and then made a song about their their main chick versus their ex chick or whatever right okay. there's nothing creative about it like i can just go back and listen to only you if i want to listen to only you mace right. is a much better rapper biggie's a much Biggie's better a rapper, much better than, rapper right? and i love yg it's it's yg and ty dollar sign mm-hmm. i love yg and ty dollar sign but why would I listen to them just make the song over again when I can listen to two, uh, well, one of the best rappers I've ever heard right. and somebody else who's a very talented pop rapper mm-hmm. on a song that has much more nostalgia. Why would I just listen to somebody just do it over again? But, you know, she's like, it gives me the feeling like of only you, but it's like new and it's just cool that it's new. Like pe- some people just like yeah, shit because it, it's works new. For you, if it works, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, I think that, that there's something to be said about that because what is pop music, right? right? Like you're making popular music for the sake of it being popular. So if people just want to hear shit that they've already heard before, but it just be new, your job is to make shit that's going to be popular, yeah. give them what they want. And, and that's essentially what it is. And I don't necessarily have an issue with that, which is why I can say now without having any guilty conscience that I like Migos, right? right? Now, if someone is having a conversation with me and they're telling me that this popular stuff, all the things that you just mentioned mm-hmm. is actually the highest quality and mm-hmm. better than more original, more creative work, right. that's when I just kind of, before I used to argue, now I just kind of tune out and I just let the person talk yeah. and I just, pre- you know, I'm pretending I'm somewhere else, <laughs> right? Uh, pretend I'm listening, I'm actually somewhere else, right? I get the feeling. So yeah. anyway, should we get back to February though? Because there's uh, mm-hmm. a few other artists that we could talk about. And the big one for right. you, the mm-hmm. one you've been talking about for a while right. now, also performing at Broccoli City Fest. Right. Nipsey Hustle. So Nipsey finally drops. Uh, I, that was one of the ones I had as like most anticipated right. albums. I feel like I kind of lived up to the hype and didn't at the same time. Okay. In my opinion, he gave us what our expectation was. Mm-hmm. Um, he created a cohesive sound by basically, there's some videos that they released. He sat in the studio with 1500 or nothing, League of Stars, and you know the, the whoever the, the West Coast folks are at the time. They basically said they built a pop-up studio and he wanted to create the feel that jay-z had when jay-z made the blueprint which mm-hmm. is you know basically bouncing back and forth from studio a to studio b kanye's in one room just blazes in another room bink might be in another room and he's just bouncing around and, and listening to their very best ideas and then creating a cohesive sound okay so he did that as well he took two or three production collectives that he uses for most of his music he took mike and keys and 1500 or nothing or two of like the top hip-hop 
production crews from Cali right now. Um, Where is he from, actually? He's specifically from, um, South Central. Okay. South Central Los Angeles. So he took them, and then he basically just kind of bounced back and forth between the studios, letting them know, like, kind of what direction he was trying to go in, and then, you know, got them. He also had Puff supposedly lend kind of some of his creative ear in terms of which records he was going to choose to actually be on the album and not. Puff's actually doing ad-libs on one of the songs. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Some of the same criticisms I have about uh, uh, A Black Thought, though, I have on this album. Which I... I don't think I learned anything about Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle, Hussle, right? He made an album where he's like, yo, I'm mad successful. I used to be a gangbanger and a drug dealer. Now I, I own several businesses. I sell this and I sell that. And that's what you have to do. You have to think as an owner. That's pretty much the theme of every single song on there. Beyond the, the struggle of, okay, so now you're super successful. The album's called Victory Lap. You own businesses now. You don't sell drugs anymore. You're not a gangbanger anymore. So what, like, what is that like? You famously dated a very famous movie star, right? Uh, Which one was with, that? Uh, Lauren London. Oh, okay. So he's with Lauren London. They broke up sometime last year, and it was like big news that they were no longer together. He released like a statement where he was like, yeah, you know, we wish each other the best. We don't have anything negative to say about each other. We're, we're parting ways. They had a child together. Um, he's now done his radio tour and run, as well as the last video that he put out, which is called Hustle and Motivate. She's the leading lady, and he's let everybody know that they've gotten back together and oh, they're okay. and they're about it. so that's a very famous and popular pop culture relationship we don't hear anything about that on the album he got super successful supposedly with his businesses and now you know he has a relationship something happened where it didn't work out at the time is this a result of your success is it a result of her success is it your tour schedule like we didn't hear anything about that is it our he, business though not necessarily, but okay. but but what I'm saying it would be is interesting like, to mention it on the album or do something, just, address just it. Just anything about like who who are you? Yeah. Besides being successful, who are you as a person? I don't mm-hmm. think I know him any better than I ever did before, okay. and I I don't know. Like maybe for me, there's just something about art that I appreciate that. Like you you even look at Jay Z, right? Jay Z is right. somebody who's always been a more insular artist, but we're we're big fans of him because he's very very good at rapping, right? Yeah. We talk a lot about the blueprint, right? So on the blueprint, Jay-Z gives us Mama Loves Me, mm-hmm. you know, and he tells us about his relationships with his his brothers and how they, you know, they they used to fight to, to show him how to how to how to have his hands, you know, how he used to bang on the lunchroom table, his dad left and how he felt about that to to some small degree. So we got some insights about who he is as a man, who his relationships are, etc. We didn't have any of that on this album. Okay. Um so that would be a critique to me. But I, but I thought the production was 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 stellar. Um, what do you think about Nipsey him as a dope. vocalist, delivery, lyrics, all that stuff? Again, I feel like I could have taken his vocal performance on any one song and put it on any other song. I think that's my biggest critique. Hustle is and that after the first two or three tracks, my mind kind of wandered. Yeah. In this sense that I'm just like, oh, it, it's like the flow is kind of like is yeah. the same. And how you deliver the lyric, like where the rhymes come. Uh-huh. You know, he's got the multi-syllable rhyme thing, which is mm-hmm. something that we used to do a lot, you know, in the right. early 90s and 2000s. But like, that's kind of it. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't sense enough imagination from him. But I did like his energy. I did like mm-hmm. his voice. I am kind of curious to see how he does uh, when he performs. Yeah, at the All Star Game, I think he performed because that's when they released the album. Right, um, yeah, he did a performance there. Kendrick also performed. Um, okay. I didn't watch the All Star. Yeah, I didn't but. either. And then, <laughs> and then he also came out. Him and YG performed at halftime at a Clippers game, okay. and that was like a big deal because 
the Clippers colors are red and blue. And you know, Nipsey's oh, supposed to be like yeah. the crib. And and if you ever see the last time I checked video, um, last time I checked, he's he's got all all blue on, and YG's got all red on. And there's like two rooms that are juxtaposed, um, where one of them's red and one of them's blue. The blue one has like a Porsche in it. The red one has like a Ferrari in it or something. Mm-hmm. So they're standing in front of expensive cars and they're like repping their you know set or whatever. And then as the video goes on, they switch places. So you know, Nipsey's all in in blue, but he's standing in the red room next to the red car, right. and you know, vice versa. So, did that cause you, any controversy? It's not really controversial. The, gotcha. Gang gang banging isn't what it what it used to be, definitely. And and I think you know they're both successful, and there used to be an initiative back when gang banging was still heavy. Cats used to say blue and red make green, right? Which they it doesn't, it doesn't but, it purple, <laughs> but, uh, but that's okay. But it was like you know. Like, let's get money together. Right. Getting money together is more important than gangbanging. And so I think they kind of come from that cloth. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, they did a halftime show at the Clippers game and they, you know, both kind of fed off each other's energy. And that that was, I think, really dope and really big for the city. So I'm really liking a lot of the looks that, he, that he's getting with it. But I agree with you that, like, I didn't really feel like it was a super imaginative effort, but I think it was just really it was high quality like the the production was good the recordings were good etc but it wasn't an album i don't think that i'm gonna be like like life after death or reasonable doubt that i'm gonna be like revisiting like that yeah i listened to it two times Mm -hmm. and with the exception of a few tracks i have a hard time remembering what was on it and it's Mm -hmm. some of that was me as well like where i was listening to the album i think like i was on a plane one Mm -hmm. of the times i was on a plane coming back from vegas so you know there's that right but um it's good 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 motivation for for (laughs) coming back from vegas but uh it didn't stick with me as much as some other projects uh that came out in february so one last thing i did want to say about it okay. uh before we move on is uh what were your thoughts on hustle and motivate that was one of the joints i was kind of feeling like this yeah he's got a few tracks on here that i was feeling um but that I, was definitely I, one of them i yeah. meant very specifically how did you feel about him resampling the hard knock life sample being a big j fan and the it's night. a good touch because mm-hmm. you can hear the hard knock life sample but it's also done tastefully in the sense that it's clearly a repurposing of it right like it's not just what they did with you know juju on that beat yeah so you can hear the same samples but you can also hear it's like a definitely a different twist and the flow on it is good too did you hear the story about him clearing the sample i posted it on our our 80s babies i did not catch that so essentially uh they asked him about it on the breakfast club and you know he said he cleared the sample with jay-z and they said well you know like how difficult was it to reach back out and you know talk to the folks who did the Annie soundtrack and he was like a lot of people don't know this but essentially when Jay-Z went and cleared the sample for Hard Knock Life Jay-Z wrote this whole fake story about how when he was in the 5th grade or something his <laughs> uh, they they took him to Roger and Hammerstein's production of Annie on Broadway and he said that when he was a kid he had only been in Marcy projects he never had had been able to venture out and that opportunity really showed him that he would could be he could go out and see the rest of the world through the arts you know sometimes right? racism has its advantages cuz that's the only way that story flies right, right? If someone's actually going to believe that from Jay-Z. Right. And so he said that, like, the folks that did it, they they read this whole story, and it was this motivational story of this black kid in the ghetto who had never left. Because oh, of course and, it right, is, right? And, and he sees Annie, and it changes his life. So they're like, oh, shit, sure, Jeez. you can use it. But uh, one of the things he was saying was... Uh, and, and he said it was a complete lie, right? Like, he never, he's never seen Annie, like, the play. He, the, the field trip never happened. Like, he made the whole shit up. But what he was saying was, when Jay did that, 
one of the clauses that he put in the contract was that any rappers can use the sample going forward oh, they just okay. have to get his clearance mm -hmm. so as a result of that he had to go to jay-z and of course you know I mean, he doesn't have a relationship with Jay-Z, but they, they know each other and Jay-Z's been supportive of his movement. So Jay-Z was just like, yeah, sure. So he didn't even have to pay for the, the clearance of that sample. Oh, uh, that's but, funny. Uh, but I, yeah. did, I did not know about that Jay-Z story. <laughs> yeah, I, th I thought we talked about it on a, a previous episode. I, this is the first time hearing it. Yeah, hilarious. But uh, that, that just goes to show Jay's genius, even at that point in time, because Jay wasn't what we know of Jay now, right? Hard Knock Life was the record that put him there. So the fact that even back then, you know, he was like, yeah, let me just write this silly shit and get this. Uh, that's funny. But anyway. All right. So another album that didn't get as much buzz, which I'm surprised if you didn't listen to it, was the Black Milk. Because you're familiar mm -hmm. with Black Milk, right? He's yeah. from Detroit. I'm, I'm actually mistaken. a big Black Milk fan. So did you listen to um, this album, Fever? I heard like a couple of tracks and then I, I didn't really, really I didn't I didn't listen to the whole thing. So, and that's my fault. No, yeah. I mean this is actually the first Black Milk album that uh, I really listened to, I gotta put and you on I get why people like him. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I was enjoying it. Yeah. I enjoyed the lyrics. I enjoyed some of the beats on there. Mm -hmm. In particular, I think it's uh, "Will Remain" and "It Could Be" or "Could It Be" or something like mm -hmm. two really just dope. Yeah. Groovy beats that the next time I DJ like a little house party, I'm probably gonna throw both of them records on. Right. Like they're nice little subtle dancing mm -hmm. grooves or stepping grooves, if you will. Yeah. So I was feeling that. So go check that out if you haven't had a chance to. And Black it, Milk is fire. I mean, let me just mention before ahead. we dip. Uh, Black Milk Tronic, his album Tronic, mm -hmm. came out maybe like 2010 or 2011. Okay. I love that. It's like it's one of my favorite. Like like it's an album that I revisit a lot. I yeah. Really I like mean, he, Black Milk is a name dope. that I've heard about forever. Right. I want to say that you know back when you and i used to get lunch together right. down in uh southwest right yeah. that was one of the names he used to come up and yep. i never listened to him i actually think i even invited you i, I you went to did. two black milk shows yeah, around that time did. one time he played a gibson guitar lounge mm -hmm. and the other time he played at this really dope spot that was like back in the cut it's like art gallery but um yeah i've like gone to see him and that was around that tronic time too, right so so now i, I got to go back and listen to the rest of his catalog and mm -hmm. another name which Panama put me on to. Okay. Um, he wrote a blog about it on VSB, Very mm. Smart Brothers, which I didn't actually read. I just right. saw the name and okay. I was like, okay, Sky Zoo, who is that? Uh, I'm go listen. Are you familiar with Sky Zoo? Yeah. I've did actually you, met him. Did you listen to the album? I didn't. So it's not bad. Okay. Um, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the lyrics just in terms of, because mm -hmm. that style, it's that underground style, it's that backpacker mm -hmm. hip hop, which can sometimes get a little annoying to me mm -hmm. just because it's so much of the same thing right but he sounds smooth he sounds crisp he's got a positive message and the beats on here like, i heard two I beats thought, like, that were crazy yo he's got a couple beats on All here right. i thought premiere produced them Man. it was like it was ridiculous yeah and he had as a previous project that the, the name is escaping me right now but uh Ilmine did some of the production of Swifty, but um and and the the production on that was really dope too i get bored listening to guys like his I, voice I, is I, like I feel monotonous I feel and and he's he's one of those people People that was kind of birthed out of the Jay-Z uh, double entendre era where they just right. try to do double and triple entendres over and over again like and it, in places that literarily don't even make sense to me mm -hmm. and so that's one of my criticisms of Skazu but I definitely should listen to that project I just haven't heard it yet I need to find the production credits uh, at the time I was listening to it I went to Wikipedia and all they had was just the name of the album they didn't have uh, any I couldn't go in there and actually see yeah. all the credits so I gotta find them elsewhere but yeah, yeah. The, the, 
the production on there is is nice. Definitely. And another one that you had mentioned, which I went ahead and listened to. Did you mm. listen to this Rock Marciano? I album? started it when you when you were on your way over here, and I yeah. was listening to some of it. So, what were your thoughts on that? So, this is actually the first time I've ever listened to Rock Marciano, and I've uh-huh. I've heard the name for a minute, but I yeah. never got into it. So, uh, you had suggested it as like it's something that we should listen to. It came out February, so I was like, all right. So yeah. it comes on, and I'm like, oh, it's it's one of these cats, right? But Damn. for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I kept listening to it with an mm-hmm. open mind, and mm-hmm. I actually found myself really enjoying this album. Yeah. It's like a poor man's poor man's <laughs> only built for Cuban Link, like in subject matter uh, and his delivery and the beats. Uh, Yo, you know what this this is? Uh, this is something that like me and all of my like Wu Tang um, heavy cats, right? Yeah. Like you know, all, all my folks who would love Wu Tang that we were trying to do, emulate that style. Uh-huh we put our best production skills together with like cheap equipment like like 15 <laughs> years ago right and and with and, acid. and yeah with, with acid whatever and fruity loops and uh-huh. we, we we put our ass into it right <laughs> like and this is the album that we come up with so so it's funny that you say that a lot of people don't know this about rock marciano but rock marciano produces a lot of his own music. does he most of okay. it he does himself um and he's Kind of like I've seen, I've seen some of the videos, especially earlier before he really amassed. He kind of has like a low key cult following in, in, in the underground. I can, I can um, see that. And you know how like I have vinyl all over my house. Yeah. His house is like that. Like oh, he okay. has, he has like just vinyl everywhere, and he's just like a. He's like a loop digger. Yeah. And so if he's you listen got tracks to his, on the hands that don't have drums. Yeah. It, most of his beats don't <laughs> yeah, have drums. Yo, yo, and it's this, an acquired taste. If this album costs more than $5,000 to make, I'd be surprised. Yo, but the I'm funny not trying thing, to knock on it. I actually The funny thing about it. this, uh, uh, y'all don't get how funny this is. <laughs> if, y'all, if y'all know Outlaw and you knew him back when he was making beats heavy... A lot of his beats sounded Sound, like exactly. these beats. Like, that's why. That's why I said. I was like, oh, like I'm kind of digging this. Like, right. yeah, because my my beats were like this, right? My beats were never. A few of them were complete, but most of them were not. So uh-huh. most of them, you had to imagine like what the bass would sound like <laughs> if you had a real musician in there, or like what the drums were supposed to sound like, and so. I listened to this Rock Marcy album joint. Yeah. What's it called, by the way? It's like RR2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Rose I'm like, oh, my imagination is working. Like, I'm filling in the gaps because this is what I used to do. <laughs> I'm not trying to, to diss this album. Right. I, I legit found myself enjoying so it. So it's funny and, and dope because I think, you know, we, we've talked about this. Uh, part of why I give Fonte and certain people credit is because they come from a certain aesthetic that I'll call like blue collar MCs. Mm. I think there's also an aesthetic, like you said, that was kind of birthed out of Woo. Uh, particularly only built for Cuban yeah. Link. There's a lot of rappers. Willie the Kid, I mentioned. I mentioned West Side Gun. Even Conway, who's I think is a little more down the line than than a Raekwon or or Ghost. But it's like literally, you can tell they will probably listen to the Purple Tape a million times before they, they started making music. <laughs> and the music is like legitimately like. You know how they talk about like fan fiction where like you uh-huh. have like people like make, you know, people make like books like as if they were coming out of the world of like right, a right, book that right. they read. It's like that, right? Yeah. Like it's almost like fan fiction to only Cuban links or only built for Cuban links, but it's still dope. And yeah. and I think, I think Rock Marciano is a very interesting character. I, we talked about this because I put that album on the list with the expectation that you or I wouldn't have heard it because, mm-hmm. um, I had just watched an interview with him and he was talking about how the streaming economy is killing music and how you're not really able to make money off streaming, which, right. yo, that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. One day I will pull out my Spotify and we can look at how much money I make 
<laughs> off of the streams that people have for my album, just so you can see how little they pay people. Mm. You know, should, should I listen to Departure on Spotify Yo, or listen, on SoundCloud? Because I only heard it on SoundCloud. Definitely don't listen on SoundCloud. I don't get paid oh, off that. Right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll I make Spotify for now. I make a little bit on Title, a little less on Apple Music, and a shit ton less on Spotify. Mm. So uh, I would say if you have Apple Music or Tidal, definitely put that joint on repeat. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you have Spotify, you can listen to it on there too, but they don't pay artists anything. Right. So essentially what he was saying was, you know, he kind of wanted to take back his fanhood. And so he, he and West Side Gun and Conway, all these people I mentioned that are kind of this only built for Cuban link rap, have created a strategy where they don't put their albums on streaming or if they do, they do it much later. So they have people buy physical or buy downloads directly from them. Mm -hmm. So that way, if you want to access their music, you actually pay them. And I thought that that was interesting. But um, like I said, these dudes have cult followings. I went to a show that was Rock Marciano and J Live. You remember mm -hmm. J Live? Uh, yeah. From our, our college days? Mm -hmm. so it was J Live. It was copyright. Rock Marciano was the headliner. And there was like one other person. But when Rock Marciano came out there... Mind you, there were only men in the crowd. <laughs> okay, it was only dudes, and they all were dressed a certain way, and they were like, you know, it's definitely a, a niche following. Right. But people were there, rapidly, you know, listening to every track, rapping along with them, asked them for for autographs. Like he has a cult following, and there's people that really, really appreciate that kind of music. And I it's, got you. It's dope because because you know I think at, there was a certain period of time where you know the mainstream to some degree represented the culture a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we listen to Jay-Z and everybody listened to Jay-Z. We all listen to Jay-Z, but Jay-Z is also really fucking good at rapping, right. right? There's no platform for people who are really fucking good at rapping anymore. You have to kind of make it. It's yeah. like a, ni a niche. Well, and it, so isn't it's that Kendrick? That, uh, yeah, I guess you can say that. That's true. But he, he's Jay definitely Cole? the exception. Drake? J. Cole is like, is not, J. J. Cole and Kendrick are different. J. Cole yeah. to me doesn't represent the machine. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't. Um, and then Drake, come on. The We should call it a tribe called Drake, right? <laughs> like it's just a whole bunch of motherfuckers. Drake is another one that he goes into the pop category. <laughs> yeah, He's strictly yeah. a pop artist. For me, so, uh, but, but yeah, anyway, so The Rock, The Rock, you know, it's not his best project to me. Mm -hmm. And eventually I just kind of get bored. But it's dope and i like the aesthetic of it yeah and you so your thoughts were that you also enjoyed the album i found i will probably revisit it at some point mm -hmm. yeah i probably will yeah <laughs> i i just I, he he has like like punchlines and one-liners that are um hilarious you know yeah. like 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 really good like he has just really dope it's almost like the way i would describe his rhyme style it's it's just like playing with words mm-hmm like in some some cases, the words that he's like, what he's saying isn't even something that's like humanly or physically possible. But right. the way he plays with the words is really dope. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go back and and I'll revisit that one for sure. Because like yeah. I said, I I was I had really low expectations. Oh right? yeah. Um, but look, if I can, sit I'm surprised. Here, that if you I can even skip here expectations. and even and even skim through a Chief Keef album, I can yeah. listen to a Mark Marciano. That's Mark fair. Marciano album and find something that I enjoy. You, you do remember like his origins, right? No, I, I just, I yeah. know the name, but I've never really he listened to He has a him. very unique story. So Rock Marciano was kind of added to the Flip Mode Squad. 
Oh, and so yeah, if you remember, um, if you go back to Rod Digga's first solo album, mm-hmm. there's like a, a flip mode song, and then at the end there's like a skit or something, and That's it's just him rapping. Yes, I absolutely. And he's killing with it. Yes. Yeah, and then okay. he was also on Tony Touch. There was a flip mode song, flip mode squad. There is none higher. You bitch ass niggas, you call us higher. He was on yeah, that joint. Yeah, I remember that. He, he and he kills that joint. I so do he remember was, him now. Okay. He was with flip That's mode for dude. a short amount of time, and then he talks about how like Busta. Honestly, one of the reasons Buster probably is still relevant is because it seems like Buster's is just a really, really good guy, a really cool guy. And like so it. when I guess he realized that like flip mode was going in one direction and he kind of wanted to do something different. And so he went to Busta and like was just like, hey, you know, I'm kind of trying to do something different. And and Busta was supportive of it. Oh, okay. The other place you would have heard him, um, that ba- baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. You know that you joint? Know I, I think he's on that. Is he? I think he's on that. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, Cause he, cause I think he was still down with Flip like Mode back then. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so he was on Flip Mode, and then he, you know, kind of departed and did his own thing. I got you. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I think that should wrap it up. Yeah, so uh, just coming down the pike, we're going to have a little bit, uh, you know, we'll probably do another Put You Up. I've been really, really chomping at the bit to do West Side Connection West Side and, make, Connection, and make, make Outlaw listen to this fuck y'all NYC critic <laughs> shit, West Side. Oh nah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um and then also we got another make it make it a classic coming down. Yeah, we gotta make it a classic. We got we got a few put you ups and then we have in April we got the tribute for Big Puns, Capital Punishment, and in yes. May we got the tribute for DMX's It's Dark yes. and Hell is Hot. So look, y- y'all got that to look forward Doug, to. Doug, it's dark and hell is hot. I cannot wait to go back because I haven't listened to that album in so it's long. It's been a while so, since I listened to oh, it. I can't well. wait to, to crack that one open. Yeah. So oh and just uh, another thing too that we might discuss the was it fox which one has the the big pock mystery the unsolved mysteries what oh, where is that that's annie annie uh-huh. is that annie all right so yeah. when that series wraps up we should dis- we'll have a discussion about that yeah. as well as atlanta and the roxanne roxanne which just dropped on netflix yep, yep. uh one of our listeners actually requested that we talk about that and, and in bad. fact if you guys enjoy the show and you want us there's a subject that you want us to talk about feel free to, yeah. to drop a, a comment uh, on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on Twitter. You can hit us up at all those locations. It's mm. at the 80s babies, T H E 80Z B A B I E S, at all those locations Instagram, yeah. Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, right. Gmail. Yeah. And additionally, uh, I was told, you know, one of the things that we don't do is is talk about how you can support us. So, I mean, I think the best way to support us is to share. The content like if you if you see an episode that you think somebody else would like or it would be interested in share it with them if you're interested in it share it i think that's really the way to like really get our, our stuff out there um and then folks that want to participate as outlaw said if you if you have something specific to say you agree disagree we're always open for for, for the madness always, always. We're, we're with the shits <laughs> and uh additionally you know if you think that there's a topic that you would like to hear us discuss just let us know and we'll probably try to broach that so. yeah and, uh, and rate us on itunes as well yes sir all yeah. right anything else no i think that should do it peace peace
Back then with dreams of a stacked fortune Black kid with dreams by any means To see some cell phone keys to a black portion That American pie, he just won a portion Product of that environment that he was forced in Change course when it's out of control Feel it down in my soul Fast forward and foresee that fork in the road Listen, mention you want a road for a car whipping It's mind bending Open your eyes, I'm bending the rules Time ticking, the time's different On a globe where every soul trying to survive in it That's the, that's the main concern. Whole hood celebrate when the tables turn, you see. Feels like I'm on the cusp. Great forever, forever's not long enough. It's just 